This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams. And come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Morning Show Season 3, Episode 3, White Noise, is over, but here on Post Show Recaps, we are just getting started. But of course, I'm not alone. I'm here with my broadcast partner. It's Ariel. Ariel, how you doing? Breaking news. I have seen the episode, mm-hmm. and I have things to say. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a tense one, this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, white Noise. We're going to be recapping it here. The headline, Sybil is a racist. That's <laughs> Last week, I'm like, oh, Holland Taylor, so exciting. I think she's going to have such a big role this season. Immediately gets fired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm worried. Uh, I'm a little worried, just to tease, I guess, the the end part of it, about like a certain look she gave a character at the very end. But yeah, for the most part, as far as this episode is concerned, she's done So done out gone um but not before giving uh an interview so we'll get into it make sure you subscribe it's especially helpful as we uh launch this new feed so postrecaps.com slash morning show or of course you can be subscribed to postshowrecaps.com slash apple tv we'll give you all of the coverage of all the shows we're doing on apple apple's got a good lineup of, of tv out there foundation uh particularly strong i believe for all mankind is returning soon um and so, so healthy such a healthy yeah. feed to be subscribed yeah. to apple yeah wow. an apple a day keeps the doctor away and that applies to the podcast as well that's right that's right so yeah we will be diving into episode three of the morning show white noise and yeah Earl, i feel like the headline here is in the midst of the email leaks which we learned about last week after uh uba and the morning show gets hacked sybil calls their newest anchor uh aunt jemima in an in an email uh referring to um the potential hiring of her and uh chris uh christine i believe is her name decides that she would like to interview sybil on air when that does not go particularly well for sybil she is then ousted from the board all the while, Corey is trying to get the sale to go through. Stella knows that he leaked the information. Uh, Corey's trying to get Leonard, uh, Stephen Fry's character, on board, who does seem maybe on board, but absolutely does not want to be the chair of the board. <laughs> he doesn't want to be a binman. A binman. A binman. Yeah. And um, I knew what that was. Yeah. Uh, because I just learned what that was recently. <laughs> Throw it in the bin. Bean. Uh, that's much more Australian, I think, than English. But yeah, my my interpretation, my uh, yeah. rendition of it. Yes, thank you for calling me out on it. Yeah. Um, Stella and Mia also have a, a night out on the town. Stella's going to tell Mia that she has a past relationship with Paul Marx, and he's no good. He's a no good son of a gun. Yeah. Um, a work, a working relationship. She that's does. Right. Uh, she mentions that she, yeah, that she's involved with him, but not uh, romantically, as far as I can tell. Remember. Correct. And by the end of the episode, considering the ouster of the chair of the board, 
Paul is inquiring about other companies, media companies he can take over and telling Corey that his offer to buy UBA is off the table, despite Corey giving into the very first offer, which assumably is less money than Corey would have liked. So that's the cliffhanger for the episode is that UBA is no longer amenable to one Paul Marks as a company he would like to acquire. I feel like the biggest headline of this episode, Ariel, is actually that it has very little Jennifer Aniston and it has no Reese Witherspoon, if I am correct. Zero Reese. It actually took me my second watch through to realize that there was zero Reese Witherspoon. Like I think of the first time I would have been like, she's got to be like in a scene maybe because I kind of watched it less uh, judiciously. But definitely that feel like on the one hand i really like a lot of the characters that did get time here both in that i like them and i like what they did with the characters in the time that they got here Mm -hmm. um but yeah that feels like there was already like a little bit of a rumbling of like wait they haven't you know there was the time jump at the beginning of the season and like bradley and alex as characters don't have a lot of time together they had like one or two scenes like you know the episode ended last week that didn't really turn into anything they had the elevator scene so there have been rumblings of like, or do they not want to be, you know, do they don't want to have scenes together? Is there friction? And I'm I'm all for this because this was a huge thing on The Good Wife, which Juliana Margulies, who is on the show, but it was also not in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a whole big thing with her and the finale and a character. They literally did like a split screen where they filmed them oh. separately and tried to stitch it together as if they had been together. So. Isn't this big Vin Diesel energy from uh, from, <laughs> from Fast and the Furious? Fast and the Furious, he's like, yeah, the, the yeah, Rock I don't made his own movie. So I'm going to be all to say that I'm going to be monitoring this. I think mm. you're right to call it out. And you're like Chip or Mia in the thing you're going to be monitoring. Uh, yes, I'm going to be. I please get a headset. I would much rather be Mia. I, don't, I think Chip is just like dying not, on the vine. Unfortunately, he's Chip's getting not old. in this much either. So no, he, he there was a great line from Alex early in the episode of like he's trying to be chummy with her and she's like, yeah, you know, it's nothing like uh, not quite like uh, making out in your boss's office or you know boss's right. apartment rather. Yeah, so, you know, clearly she's not over it as she has every right to not be yeah i i do think it's interesting here the episode three really i feel like double dropping episodes one and two last week leaving us with these two big stories of um the the leak obviously the hack and also the acquisition in episode one and i was really intrigued by where that sets us up we talked a lot last week about the the way that that sort of shakes the foundation of and affects everybody in a way that i thought was really intriguing and whether or not things are going to be leaked or not i think that this still was pretty prevalent here with Corey not wanting whatever Bradley, whatever happened with Bradley. He definitely doesn't want that to come out and is trying to push this deal pretty quickly. I think hoping that nothing will come out before the sale is, is finalized, but I do, I think it's an interesting choice. You have to sort of sideline basically. I mean, Jennifer Aniston is definitely in this episode. She has a, I think a pretty telling scene. We've, we've talked about last week when we were doing are sort of why do we watch this show? What have we found intriguing from seasons one and two? And one of the things is that it is it does try to be pretty topical and it does try to it have tries, conversations yeah. about things that are happening. And I sometimes feel like I disagree with the viewpoint that the show takes. I actually thought that this one kind of gave voice to the the counter argument of what happens with Sybil, like the, the, the Sybil's arguments about why they shouldn't cancel her. I thought the show actually did a pretty good job, especially from... Jennifer Aniston, maybe this is intentional because of the comments that came out about Jennifer Aniston not believing in cancel culture, um, but uh, basically telling her Sybil that she has to address this head on and actually take accountability um, and that she is, even if she's not uh, consciously racist, she is subconsciously racist. So I I don't know. I, I thought this was, so that's her big scene, but for the most part to focus on, which I think is a really smart choice is this Christine character who kind of just like showed up in the first two episodes, a sort of new anchor uh, in town, a former medalist, a love her line. Uh, I think it's two episodes ago. She's like, yeah, I'm not going to space for you yeah. <laughs> last minute. So, but I thought yeah, this was, and, and yeah. that was like the first like wisp of personality yes. that we got from her. Yeah. And then Stella, somebody we love Greta Lee. So for her to get basically these whole scenes with some of these other characters, Mia as well. Uh, and obviously Corey, a mainstay on the show, getting a lot of uh, airtime, but I, I thought maybe a little bit smart to maybe, put um you know i guess i'm put we're put like alex levy in the 
back seat and we put Bradley Jackson in the trunk. I don't know where Bradley is. <laughs> my car metaphor, but it seems like she's small enough to be in the trunk. No, That's right. no shade against no. Uh, Reese. Yeah, I think um, the the Alex thing. Well, first of all, let me take a step back. The the way that the show historically has dealt with some, to a little bit to your point, has dealt with some of these like real life issues that it's trying to either comment on or present you know quote unquote both sides of or whatever i think certainly like in season one with all the me too stuff and how not great some of that was handled and just felt a little bit like uh the show was as i like to say like biting off more than they could chew or like that you know the reach exceeded its grasp or whatever um this that stuff was like okay that kind of works but you're they're not like responsibly dealing with some of this, uh, like the Steve Carell character and then the Martin Short character and and all their opinions that they're speaking. Like on the one hand, these these are quote unquote real people, right? At least like within the universe. And but like that doesn't mean that, you know, they should be given certain things should be given voice on a TV show. This stuff, I I agree that it's handled a little bit better. I think it's, you know, it's still all under the umbrella of like how ridiculous all of this is. And like that this interview would probably not be allowed to happen as far as like the legality of it all and, and their positions and all that stuff. But for them, to your point, the the Christine character played by Nicole Bahari in this episode, just getting like such a sh getting to show so much of her, a lot of scenes like, a lot of nonverbal communication from her and a lot yeah, of her and her coming off of her and just yeah. wonderful, wonderful work. And I'm so glad it's like one of those things she pops up out of nowhere, like you said, and then to have like a, a quote unquote, like background player step forward and like steal the show basically is not easy. And it's really impressive. And like, I think her part of the episode definitely felt like the show trying to do right uh, by by this storyline and how they're presenting, you know, something that is pervasive and to the show's credit, it, it establishes it as such. Yeah, this is um, Christine is I believe her name is Christine Hunter is played by Nicole Bahari. Um, she's been in some stuff. She's in uh, 42, which was the um, a Jackie Robinson biopic. Um, she's been around a little bit, had a couple of movie roles last year, was in scenes from marriage. So um, been around. I, I thought, um, yeah, I think on one hand. So I, I was thinking about this because I I did. I, I watched a documentary. A TIFF. Are you ready for the many months where I just reference uh, things I saw at TIFF? One uh, time at TIFF? One time at TIFF. <laughs> uh, but I watched a uh, Louis C.K. Do documentary about uh, what happened. Uh, well, I should say not what happened to him. I should say what he did and then the consequences he therefore faced and sometimes didn't face. And so I've been, I was thinking about cancel culture this week a little bit already when like this episode happened. And part of me thinks that I, I, you know, the show is trying to create dramatization. And I I think that the choice to have Christine interview Sybil is an interesting one in the way that Christine is the one who says, I want to interview Sybil. And so it's empowering the person who is subject to uh, racism, gets to confront publicly somebody and, and not let that person even like sort of like get away with you know, being not get away, but like she gets fired and then never really, you know, there's people that I feel like people like Louis CK who were so quickly cast, you know, I, I don't think they're unfairly canceled. And I'm trying to like really articulate my point here in a way that <laughs> I, I don't, you know, that explains as well, yeah. but they go, this is, I feel like a little bit of what's Russell brand as well. There's an outing of, of, uh, uh, of Russell brands, sexual uh, allegations. And he, I think so quickly has found space within a particular group of people, extreme right wing conspiracy theory groups of people in a way that he's like embedded and shielded himself in this in a way that I, there's part of me that like thinks the way the show tackled Sybil's the, the, the reveal of what happened to Sybil Sybil and what is, and then how she has to go on air and address it mm -hmm. is an interesting choice in terms of, is that how we should have conversations about these things that happen. And I, I do actually think that that Alex's speech, I think it's a little unfortunate that it like comes from Alex, but that's fine. She's the main character of the show in terms of like, you might not think 
that it's true that you're racist, but you you are because you like way under. It, it's not the Aunt Jemima one, which feels like this blatant and almost a thing that Sybil keeps trying to dismiss as a one-time thoughtless joke. thing, yeah. joke that then Alex is able to say, well, also you pay all the black writers, uh, people on the show less than white people. So clearly there is systematic racism at work that you are not willing to address. And maybe now that this has come out, you can address it and, and move forward. And so I do feel like this is better than what we've seen. And then also I'm like, yeah, would Christine Hunter actually, if she was a real person, actually want to interview Sybil and like give Sybil a platform to basically, and then ultimately Sybil like fails at defending herself. And yeah. Gets fired, she, digs, so. she digs her own grave, so to speak. But I, I think I agree with you in the sense of, you know, that's, that's what the show is for better and for worse. And we've yeah. seen some of the worst, you know, like, really glad to not see space in this uh as one example in this episode uh, i'm glad that was gone but you know sometimes they they are trying to tackle like you said they're trying to be super topical and in some ways they they fall short and i think uh that it's in some like that's just the show being the show it's the it's the the better and worst parts of the show it's like a train wreck at times but like you can't look away um the stuff with christine that i think is so interesting specifically is that it's to and and why i enjoyed the interview from a narrative standpoint wholeheartedly at least even if like the you know the the execution maybe is a little bit muddled and ultimately how realistic it is but the whole episode she's like being told by other people either how to feel like the scene where she goes into Corey's office right after it happens and he literally doesn't he basically doesn't let her speak he just keeps yes. talking yes. and he's like okay great like i'm i just want to let you know how valued you are and she says so i love that line she says uh i'm starting to see just how much which is like such a biting line mm -hmm. um but that she doesn't really have a voice throughout the episode to varying degrees throughout various conversations. And then at the end, she gets to like have her voice and say everything she wants on the record in this public manner. And it's not, you know, it, it's a little bit of a, of a, of a fantasy. And I think that's what the, that's what the show is like for, like I said, for better and for worse. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I mean, yeah, like thinking about, people who complain about cancel culture. And I'm like, what are they actually being canceled from? Half the time they don't actually lose anything. There's a whole, like, you know, these people go on to have very successful careers sometimes after they've yeah. been canceled. And certainly it might not be on the same platforms that they had before, but certainly they can still have success and make money in the entertainment industry. I remember when there was a, a, a thing that came up a little while ago, a few years ago, and it was in the podcast circle. And I remember people were upset that a, that this podcast, a podcaster was being removed for some behavior that had happened and someone coming online and saying he, that person is allowed to live their life They're You know, technically they didn't do anything illegal that would warrant like, you know, police or nobody reported it or whatever, for whatever reason, but also it doesn't mean they need to have like the, the platform that they have the specific job of like getting to podcast about whatever they're podcasting about doesn't need to right. continue to be the thing in which they're uh, able to, to do. Right. So it, it does, it's like, you know, Sybil being like, Oh, it's one mistake I made, but like, yeah, then she digs her hole enough. Higher legacy. But, but uh, online. You don't get you don't if you if you make a you know even if we call it a mistake but if you if you contribute to exhibit behavior like this you don't get to then potentially hold a position especially a position of power where you have influence especially one where you are then control of of media something that I think is is hugely uh, important in how people see and and view the world so I you know uh, yeah just inter I, I it's interesting that they do the interview and then the interview is what ultimately um, mm -hmm. causes her to be fired which feels like a little bit like we got to get the morning show <laughs> involved in this thing um, and a little yeah, bit of the universe, like Christine have the voice yeah yes I agree and the as we've said before, like the for in ways both good and bad, again, the morning show is like the nucleus of this universe. Right. And like we right. see people hurt themselves emotionally, work too hard, whatever, in service of this thing. And, you know, it doesn't always it doesn't always deserve it. Um, yeah. And, you know, speaking of getting canceled, Yanko is like so close. <laughs> He's so close. 
There's a line when Stella and Mia, and I think that's where I want to go next, is the night out on the town where Stella is, Gretely is playing an excellent drunk, I have to admit. Um, I but love her. You know I already love her, but I yeah. loved her in this episode. Yeah, there's a, a, a moment where they're talking about Ganka, and they're like, he's problematic, but he's kind of hot. <laughs> so they're both like agreeing that uh-huh. Yanko's like weirdly hot, and but also uh-huh. problematic. So remember when he punched that guy? <laughs> Yeah. Yes, and I—that's yeah. such a like a small thing, but it's so real. That happened randomly last season, but it was—it's so realistic in the sense of you would remember that because it happened right in front of her. It happened with like this awful person was saying something awful to her, and it's just like I love the small details when a show like just picks something out of history and just like a random mention. It doesn't have yeah. to be like a big deal. Um, but yeah, I don't disagree about yeah. about Yanko. I mean, yeah, you know, I it's a little bit more like the Nestor hot. Campbell. Hot, I don't know. Hot, I don't know. But fine. Uh, Stella and Mia. Th- so they go drinking. I did. I did like this. Of like, as the information is leaking, they're like, everyone's like losing their mind. I think. Uh, th- is it me or Stella who gets yelled at by uh, the woman who learns that her salary is way lower than everybody else, and she happens to be black? Um, uh, and they- yeah, Mia. Mia uh, having that conversation with. Um, I can't remember her name now, but the yeah. the other producer that the, that she then at the end promotes. Right. So they're they're feeling like all of this, like it's a mess at the morning show. They just, Stella decides they're all going to go out drinking. Uh, they're hoping Christine will join them later as well. And I thought that this was fun. I do. I do like it. We, we very rarely on the show have seen where anybody working together actually has a fun night out, which to be fair, this moment, like almost gets like blown up in terms of uh, Mia and Stella do have a little bit of an argument at the end, but I feel like Stella like regains some ground here in terms of the argument, but I want to go back before we get to that. Um, I do, I do like it. It's like, yeah, the work atmosphere of like when you find those people, when your job is incredibly stressful, but it's like, you know, we get a drink after work. They're like, hell yeah. Then you just <laughs> you're complain about work. You're yeah. like drama bonded. That's right. Uh, and you know, she doesn't have Stella. They're, they're both people who don't really have a lot of time to have a lot of, friends let alone other or like just time outside uh to meet other people socially and you know the fact that Stella's like let's cut through the bs we have to like remove ourselves from this building this building is not like i love that energy from her i think it's realistic to her age mm-hmm. like let's just because she's you know younger than a lot of these people but no less qualified in my opinion the other producer let's is leah get the leah. thank you let's yeah. just get the hell out of here like this building to my point a little bit like the morning show i feel like the the villain of the show i'm coming to this realization like little by little the villain of the show is really the show like the morning show itself ultimately it's capitalism which i think is the villain of every (laughs) show (laughs) but i'm blaming the show brooklyn zed entity brooklyn zed would 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 let us know would have Mm -hmm. would have known after episode one of the show that the the enemy is villain is the the is capitalism Mm -hmm. yeah i do i do like this I, i like because this show is so person to person conflict oriented you're right that the show the sort of like cesspool of the show this is almost like dark ariel uh i feel like a very different show from this one somebody mentions it's somebody mentioned dark because i think it's mia who says like it's like putting a band-aid on cancer it's like that line is very dark yeah, in Dark, the little town where everything bad happens all the time is is known as a festering wound. I feel like a little bit that's or uh, a black hole or a black hole. So that is, I think, the morning show to a T. And yeah, them going out and having some drinks, which sometimes is one to happen. And I I do I do like this where so um, Stella's going to go try to like seed out some information from Kyle, the problematic assistant. Mm-hmm. I ragged yeah. on last week. Corey's yeah. assistant, your favorite. Yeah. Um, and and later when sort of they're having a conversation about all the things that are happening and about Sybil being fired, Stella is very much sort of in the camp that maybe Sybil shouldn't be fired, which she'll yeah. then sort of reveal is basically because of how bad Paul is, Stella is feeling like you need Sybil to make sure that the deal never goes through. And when she admits that she has a history with Paul, she, the last line I believe was, he is ruthless. Is, is yeah, this exchange is one that I really, really loved and like really want to talk about specifically. Mia asks her, why are you loyal to her? You seem to just align yourself to wherever power is, which is like such an accurate mm-hmm. read of how we read Stella when we yes. first meet her. So it's yes. like such, it, it makes so much sense that she would feel that way. 
And then, like you said, she's like, well, at least Sybil isn't trying to sell us to Paul effing Marx. And then Mia's like, well, at least he'd be writing checks. The And then this is my favorite part where Stella just walks away. Yeah. And Mia's like, what? What aren't you saying? Like, yeah. I love that moment between them where Mia's like, just tell me what is wrong. Like, clearly you're afraid of something. And like, I need to be... Mia this whole episode is feeling like she's really she's part of the machine. She's obviously an important part. She's executive producer, but like she's just a cog and she doesn't have any real power, which I think is pretty accurate. And like the desperation in her voice of like, what aren't you saying? And then Stella just warning her and that ruthless line, like you said, it just it's kind of scary because the Paul Marks that we have come to know is at worst, like just like a everyday yeah. nonsensical like broy guy right like nothing that he we got have mad seen, but he didn't it you know he seems like uh, he does seem ruthless but not in the way that that stella says he's ruthless, no right? what she knows about him and and, and very clearly and in the, the moment where mia asks her like wait what did he do did he do something to you like implying like you know something awful like some kind of assault and i believe stella wholeheartedly when she says no no nothing like that he's too smart to do anything like that so i'm glad that the show very much like wave that away like it's not about that not that the, um, i mean the awful thing is that this stuff happens all the time to women but i'm also like okay yeah we don't that doesn't need to be like it's enough like if we did another like me too that's not I'm part like, of this particular story that's yeah, right i, I, I thought it was that. smart for them to write it that way yeah no. and then like, I just love that moment so much. Like the walk, if I could play the walk away scene of just like the looks on their faces over and over again, it's incredible. I love these two actresses. I'm so happy that Greta Lee is getting like some meaty, meaty stuff to do. All her stuff with Corey is incredible. Watching her in real time work out for herself because of Corey's actions that he's the one that leaked the email. Yeah. Is although, did, like, although did you did you get the sense that maybe Kyle because she goes and talks to Kyle, he he she says he so the the order of events here is that like Christine is like I want to interview Sybil, Stella yes. takes it to Corey. The start of the scene is like him being no, and she very quickly is like oh you leaked, like you're gonna tell me no you leaked the deal. Like I, part of me wonders whether she got it from Kyle. It doesn't really matter. I feel like either way, I don't think that's like giving her less credit for being able to like whether or not she can like read it on Corey's face or, and just like instinctively know, or she got, no, it. I think, I think it's, she, that's where she's starting to suspect it. And then right. she's like, what other, she cannot see right. another reason why he would be acting this way because she knows him. Well, she knows him better than we think she does. I think um, certainly more well than we have been presented with so far. Cause last season she didn't really get anything to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for me, at least that she is, Corey-esque in Corey's old role as mm -hmm. a great foil for his new role as the CEO. Like the yes. fact that they would have friction just makes sense. And I do want, like, I should just say, ultimately, I don't, while I'm enjoying it right now, like the Stella and Corey kind of being a little bit at odds and her calling him on his, on his shit. And like, she doesn't want to. She wins. Christine yeah, she just wins interview. and she doesn't want to, like, she wants to get her way, but she's also not going to do what he just did. It's like the blow blow the whole thing up and like go public with this information that wouldn't really benefit her and i do think ultimately certainly based on how Corey ends the episode like i want him to make his way back to stella at some point like i i ultimately want them to be more aligned and be working together but i think we're kind of a long way from there assuming that's even possible we took it all we brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No I feel like this is this show is much more of a season without a paganging of Survivor, where it's much more like, yeah, I'll work with you on this vote, and then not, and then I'm against you on the next vote. That's how they mm-hmm. like to build their conflict. It's very rare that you get two people who are always in agreement on on something. Right, at the end of season one is this sort of like the alliance of who is a it's like Corey and Alex against bradley and shit or am i getting that wrong so, yeah, no yeah it's Bra- it, it was alex and uh cool. Cool, alex right? and, and the guy who mitch uh wait uh the guy who ran who, the guy who cory replaced the ceo i can't even remember his name oh fred fred no. yes no fred no cory replaced yeah okay yes, yes who yes, cory yes. replaced uh she had aligned herself which i think is right. so interesting here right. in season three to have right. her not be aligned with civil like because right. historically she's always aligning herself with the old school power which right. feels like such a dumb move because like you're aligning yourself with the dinosaurs you need to get like yeah. on the on this side well she's always been like her and there's things with bradley it's like yeah you have morals and whatever and but you can always you kind of always like Alex is the most like stick with the status quo so that when it's yes. really important, you can like break it. Right. Like, yes. it's like, if you are always trying to break the system then the system's on, like constantly broken or whatever, you know, it's a bad metaphor, yes. but whatever. The parallels in some ways to your point between her and Sybil, like she's a, she's a more modern example of Sybil's like, do you know what I had to go through? Right. Like, you <laughs> I love Holland Taylor. And she's like, you wouldn't have survived the seventies. I will not be canceled. It's like, I don't know. On one hand is like horrible because of course, like all the stuff that women had to go through. But on the other hand, it's like so ridiculous as a throwaway line. But I think this point that you just made of like, nobody really stays together aligned for too long historically on the show is an incredible one. And one that I, it's like my favorite and most frustrating part of the Bradley and Alex relationship specifically. Like to your, point about how they end season one and like bradley's on the side of like uh cory who's trying to blow the whole thing up and then like uh chip had like come into their circle and like started healing them like information and he gets fired but he's still like you gotta do yes he's still he's cory so he's still gonna do mitch is on their team because he's gonna get interviewed so yes yes and that whole thing was and then like the season ends and you're like wow what's gonna happen with bradley and alex and and i think the way that they hide behind and I don't mean that like in such a negative way, but the way they hide behind the time jump, I think serves them very well mm-hmm. because then every season we're having to readjust in the relationships. And I think that's, that's realistic and it's fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, you don't always agree with every co like every coworker. You I know. hate Bradley. <laughs> no, I yeah. Um, I do want to jump back just very quickly, just uh, before we kind of move into fully into like the Corey and Paul stuff, which is the one thing I do like about the going out and drinking scene is I do think one of the things this this scene did particularly well is and I'd be interested to get your perspective because I am white but uh the uh the idea that at <sighs> if, when when racism happens at your workplace yeah. that the people that not have to like but like have to speak out on it or constantly have to like have you know like it's so easy to for I think people to look at Mia and to look at Stella and be like, why aren't you being the most progressive version of, of yourself when like, mm -hmm. and I, you know, race is not the same as like sexuality or gender identity, but there are similar things you deal with as those people in different, in different aspects. And so right, I, right. so like at work, I do often feel like sometimes with like gender identity stuff, like I get asked a lot, like what should we, and it's like, it doesn't have to be my responsibility every time to like, you know be the you know the big advocate for like whatever that yeah. thing that you want you want our company to 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 do or or be like or represent or whatever like and so i do like this scene of like them going and drinking to be like basically like a stress relief of like all the shit that is being thrown at them but they're almost responsible to answer a because they are in positions of power but i think also because they are um like Mia's black, uh, Stella is is an Asian American, right? And so mm -hmm. this like the 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 because these systems are often like you often you know in terms of like being a queer person navigating the world, you like you know you like give in a little bit to like heteronormative society to like figure it out sometimes yes. and and to like become successful in work and in the world and yeah. so you like conform in that way then you feel bad about that you've, you've conformed to that way you kind of sometimes are like yeah i can make change here but not all, you know so i just i like that i just think this is a really interesting thing for the show to be portraying is like these two women who uh are like uh bipoc who are in positions of power and like the stress that that this has put on them both to like be in the company as like the higher, higher up than them is being racist and also people below them being like, hey, this company is racist and what are you doing about it? I thought it was just an interesting dynamic to like play in for a bit. Play yeah, in because the they are. No, I know what you mean, though, like for for the show to like explore, explore and have these characters interact. I think the the point about them being like. Having to work within the system in order to get ahead and then potentially make a change is like a very complicated, realistic thing that people are bumping up against like every day. Right. And, and, and more and more and more. And how do you, is it even possible to work within the quote unquote system to change it? Or is it something that needs to be like more fundamentally changed? And they're like, simultaneously have benefited from the system but then also now because of this because of what's happening are kind of certainly more more so than everybody else also um being uh like attacked in this attacked is the wrong word but like being affected by what is happening but because of their positions they don't really have the luxury to just feel they also have to act so it's like an incredible yeah, to be accountable for it and recognize that it ha it's a thing that also affects them personally yeah and it's such a, like a very complicated nuanced thing for the show to even be like dipping its toe in let alone having these these characters like live in this world and talk about it and i think it's again just gives so much more emotional power to the moment where they do connect and they're talking about Paul Marks and it's just like when she's like what aren't you saying it's like such a human question it's like can we just connect on this level of 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 human beings and can you be honest with me um because Mia sees you know in some ways Mia sees Stella as someone who has so much more power than her and in Stella's experience is like I don't know what the hell Corey's thinking half the time. I'm just trying to like do the job that he hired me to do that he won't get out of the way and allow me to do. So while their experiences are very different for a lot of different reasons, they also have a lot in common. And I think it's it's really interesting to watch them uh, play together, as you said. <laughs> this episode is written by Joshua Allen, who who uh, is like he's been a producer on the show, I think, uh, for an episode. He's done some other shows uh, as well. He did Empire. But I think this is might be I, I could be way wrong about this. I think this is his first writing credit mm. on the show. And what I think is interesting there as I'm like thinking about 
the scene with Alex and Sybil, I'm not thinking about it, that they basically do have, you have, you have a scene where it's like sort of Stella and Mia. So people, so people who are subject to racism, who the way that they respond to and handle that discussion, you also then empower Christine to have this interview with Sybil where the person uh, subject to racism confronts the person. Um, there's, and then the other thing that sometimes happens is like this idea that comes of like, it, it shouldn't always have to be uh, people of color uh, who are educating uh, white people. Right. And so, yeah. go, and so you also then do get this scene. I think that actually maybe I like it more is like, it it is Alex's responsibility also as like, you know, to, to call out Sybil's behavior as well. So you get that scene um, as well. And so I, I feel like in a show like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we don't get that interview. Christine does not do that interview. In fact, Alex probably does the interview. Alex has the scene with Sybil before where she's like, you have to do it. And and then the, the bar scene is completely cut, right? Like and all the stuff. So I do feel like in a way it's like, yeah, it's an interest. Just the way that the episode is formatted to talk about this basically singular issue in this episode, right? Basically everything else is off the table a little bit to extension, the sale because of what's happening, affecting the sale. Um, yeah. And it's as a result of the leaks but we basically singularly focus on this. On this yeah, movie. I mean, the episode's called White Noise. Um, and I think the, you know, what you're saying is, is again, part of the problem with the, with the uh, systems conversation of it all. And like in this, in this case, like the having to, this is the problem with like movies and TV shows and like the first, the quote unquote firsts of their kind, having to like shoulder all the responsibility of, whatever kind of uh diversity or new idea is being is being represented like it's just too much to to handle and it's like not fair and a lot of times like you said unfortunately it's just a realistic thing at work of like okay you you are now because i am because i am a not a thing that you are you are now like the arbiter of this thing but it's so reductive in a way and i think the show does a good job of like you know, arguably it wasn't necessary, but does a good job of of presenting Yanko as a fool for mm -hmm. saying everything that he's saying and like making yeah. a show out of it, as Alex says to him when he's like, "What if you found out? You know, what if you did a blood test? Yeah, you find it. out you like your great grandfather was." I literally black. didn't write about it. <laughs> I, know I wanted to. I wanted to remove it. I yeah. I, I hated the scene. I forgot about this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like so ridiculous and cringeworthy. And like Mia very quickly realizes that it was I love I love Stella's line of like, yeah, I ended the meeting. We weren't getting anywhere. Like and that it happened off camera because it didn't even matter that much was so funny to me. I hate I hate the, the Yanko. God, he sucks. Uh, but he's gotten so worried. Like, I feel like in the beginning, he was like somewhat likable, even though he was having this like very objectively problematic uh, consensual, to be clear. But like there was a, a power imbalance there of uh, having a relationship with this. Uh, she wasn't an assistant. She started as, as like an assistant and then uh, I think she's like a producer yeah. um, who hasn't come back on the show. I think she had like a rant. You know, she, she popped she, up in like season two. She randomly. reveals she reveals that uh, the, the Hannah lawsuit is being funded by her Hannah's dad. She yeah. has and she's helping. Like, yes, yes, yes. Right. That was the important yeah. thing that she was able to bring to season two. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. The Yanko That's thing Grace, is like big fan, Grace, big fan you know, of Yanko. It uh, maybe worse than Kyle now. Um, is the it's the like the hypotheticals that don't that don't matter, right? Like this isn't yeah. this like, race isn't real. <laughs> such a oh, it's yeah. being weaponized against us. Yeah. Like please stop, please anyway, stop. Whatever. Um, okay, I feel like just like the last little like note here is the ending, right? Where Paul is going to reveal like I don't care about uba anymore uh, yeah you got a lot of eyeballs on your product but it's a car crash uh, of course it gathers uba a lot of is ub nay yeah. that's right um do we think by the end of the season is uba bought by paul marks and hyperion i believe this is that might just be the rocket company but uh paul marks. yeah hyperion one i think i i'm gonna give the the like a little bit of the cheating answer in the sense of like, I feel like we're, we're too far gone. Like it has to happen in some capacity. Like you, you know, there are other ways that John Ham can still be around, but I don't think you get John Ham just to be this, just to be this person who's like playing hard to get. I think like at some point, whether or not it's good for the company, according to Stella and like, I 
I be, I basically believe every, every any single thing that Stella says. Um, it would be bad for the company. So I could see it, you know, finally the deal goes through because Corey is relentless. He is who he is. And we have seen over a long period of time, he kind of always gets what he wants with very few exceptions. That's probably going to happen. And then it's going to be really bad for the company in some way. And then it's going to be like, Ooh, maybe this is how Stella and Billy come back or Billy crew, uh, Stella and Corey get back together. It's like, we need to take, take down the evil, um, you know, our new corporate overlord. Well, he's not really a corporate, but whatever. Uh, I, that's what I'm scared of because I think again, there's too much now. Again, all these mentions of like how, how ruthless he is, it would be bad. It's a little bit like Chekhov's takeover. Like it kind of has to happen now dramatically. Otherwise, like what are we doing? Well, I I think that here's my here's my best guess. I think is that the Bradley stuff comes out that causes basically for it to be cheaper. Paul comes back to buy it. Basically, we're so close. to Pennies it. on the dollar. Yeah, it's so close to being bought. And some combination of our Avengers, Bradley, Alex, Stella, Corey, prevent it from being bought. Is is like at the oh, last minute, it's like that. not yeah, yeah, yeah. bought, right? It's like that's the story of the season. Is like, is it going to be bought? It's so close to happening. Will they, won't they? But it's just Paul Marks and the company. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, I, that's sort of my best guess. And I would say by the end of the season is UBA under control of Paul Marks. I would say no, but there's also the world where like, you know, I give it like basically like a 40% chance that that's like the cliffhangers that like, Hey, the deal went through or something, you know, something like that. But my, seen, yeah. Yeah. To your point, like we've seen cliffhangers before, certainly for season endings and basically knowing for sure now that no matter how the season ends next season, if there is one, is just going to have moved on did, from it. I think you know like it got renewed bit... already. Have oh, no, I didn't know that. Okay, there you go. So it's officially yeah. renewed. So there will be season four. So yeah. the way that like, no matter what, we're kind of free of the of the of whatever the consequences are in some way, like I'm sure if it's big enough, we won't be but like the idea that like, whether or not he buys it, maybe in two years, that's changed. Maybe he's not longer around. Maybe he went to space and floated away. We don't <laughs> know. The possibilities are endless. Mm hmm. Um, all right, uh, Ariel, it's time for the Ariel view. Um, what's something you want to highlight from the episode? I would love to highlight. Um, I got one if you if you want if you want a second. I got one. Yes, please please do. The one. story about the dating app photos is is so <laughs> peak morning show filler content. I feel like they're actually really good at this. Of like, yes, yes. So I don't watch any morning shows unless I am visiting my lovely parents uh, and I stay at their house and my parents watch. This is the cycle of, of TV that airs at my parents' house. Um, it typically is three to four of these morning shows. So there's like breakfast television, which is a very on Canadian Ontario Toronto specific morning show. Then it's like good morning Amer America live with Regis. I think it's, it's not Regis. He's been, gone for a long time <laughs> now it's kelly and mark i think r.i.p yeah r.i.p regis he had the same birthday as me so i really do feel fun as regis Philbin. and then and then the next like seven hours is like my dad comes downstairs and then it's just like home makeover shows for like about seven hours so but i feel like when i'm home i watch a lot of like my mom and i went to a basically a daytime television show this year as like um um meredith uh not no, Marilyn. This is so embarrassing. She retired. My mom and I went to a live taping of one of her last shows. So, like, yeah, I watch a was lot Yanko of morning there? So Sorry? Was Yanko there? Yeah, it was Yanko. Yeah, he was being real racist outside. <laughs> he's like, racism real? And I was like, come on, man. He's picketing. He's picketing against racism as an idea. <laughs> yeah. So, the dating app one, though, it felt like, yeah, I've seen this where it's like, it's between something. And then the way that they have to then pivot to like, is it later when they're like, they're talking about something and then she's like, and up next, a serious conversation about race. with. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly what these morning shows are like. It's so I funny. would love to see, and to their credit, at least, I think it was in episodes one or two this season, if not before, where they're like, oh, yeah, that was a bad one. That was like a rough pivot. Like once the cameras were off of them. Is that what like, this I would love to see a super cut of like some of these ridiculous pivots. That I, I think done. the pivot one is from this episode because they're like, oof, yeah, we had to cut to the like. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. The of the board is racist. But there's a previous one where they're like, it's like when the, when the script goes out, when they're being hacked and they like have to like monologue about what oh, they have to go off script and they're <laughs> yeah. so bad at it especially bradley like uh -huh. i feel like she's a reese witherspoon was a little too good uh -huh. at being bad at being yeah. like off the cuff in front of the yeah. camera so i want to give my aerial view to the very bad dating app photo segment that they were all 
participating. I go, I go the other way for like aerial view. Well, it is it is named after me. Even this is what we could. You know, you can um, you can you can I hone do, in all. Hone I in. focus on like the stuff that's like important to me, like big picture. And I yeah. I was gonna. The reason I hesitated was because I'm always gonna say Stella, but I was like, I need to bring another uh -huh. element into. Uh -huh. Because Greta Lee Element. is amazing, but she's not like a religion, you know. Like I, I deserve other things in my that she really is. Uh, is the I love the like I already talked about the Mia and Stella scene and how wonderful it was to see. Like I really hope that that continues. Yeah. Like this is what I, this is what I'm hoping. This is what I'm doing. With my aerial views. I'm like. Yeah. This is what I'm hoping to see for the rest of the season. It was like before it was a little bit of Corey and his storyline. And now I'm like, we can stretch eh. this pun however we need it. We're, like, back, oh, to yeah. Stella. We're back to Stella now. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think, like I said, she's bringing more of the pure Corey energy from season one that I enjoy and less of yeah. like uh, the he's hamstrung by his new position in a way. Not hamstrung. John Hammarks. Did uh, I make that joke last I, week? I think I possibly did make that joke last week. <laughs> I love these moments that we get in the very beginning of the episode of Mia just like, first of all, we knew before this that she was sleeping in the office. I thought it was like a somewhat temporary thing because of like either the Russia story or because of like whatever, but it seems like it's just a, a time issue. Like she can't. We didn't get any more of as the Australian bow. I know. And I'm scared for him. I'm scared for their love, frankly. Uh, but that she wakes up at the office, puts on her clothes, has to like print stuff out immediately. Like it's basically her show and she has no, she has one of the most important positions, certainly behind, behind the camera. She's the most important, important person as the head executive producer. And then when she sits at the desk, like in the dark and just kind of, is clearly whether she realizes it or not, like fantasizing in some way about like sitting at that desk and like what it means. And like the fantasy part aside, just like very well aware of what her job is and how important it is and what it represents. Like I thought that was such a really easy, uh, simple way to get a lot of these ideas across and like really give you, I'm I'm loving how in the, in the first season, I felt like we had so little from me. It was all about Mitch and like his storyline and that felt a little bit unfortunate and now to have her like to be learning so much more about her and getting so many more scenes with her with another woman wow oh my god how far we've come yeah. that are not alex and bradley yeah <laughs> that are not alex and bradley yeah. um i hope that i loved that moment the the mia stuff at the beginning and, and you know like the, the way she kind of gets like interrupted a little bit and the other person is like hey just saying good morning and mia's like somewhat a little bit embarrassed that she was caught but also like she's the ep so she can literally do whatever she wants it's just like yeah. a, a very wonderful human moment and i'm i'm happy that we got it and i'm curious to to see how mia and stella stay closer hopefully they do hopefully they've found common ground well that's a good segue shouted out uh, uh mia jordan played by karen Pittman. So, like one of the only six people who's been in every episode do you, do you have a guess as to who those other people are this is kind of fun um Okay, who have been in every episode of the show. Yeah, okay. so far, yeah. Corey. Yes. Uh, Alex. Yes. Chip. Yes, two more. Uh, it's not Bradley because she wasn't in this episode. Um, oh, that's true. So the... the okay, but well, she I'm looking... was on before this one, right? Technically. Yeah, so I got the... It's saying she's in 23 episodes, but that's wrong. So I, actually I think, think she was right. probably she was... credited because of how important she is. Like yes, she gets the, right. The, technically the credit, even though she didn't right. appear. So right, um, right. Um, I'm trying one to... more. Well, Mia, Mia was the original one on the list, right? Yes. Uh, he's a problematic. He's a problematic hottie. Oh, our problematic fave, Nestor Campbell. Yeah, from <laughs> Campbell Carbonell. I think. Oh, excuse me. Um, yes, Nestor Campbell. Yeah. Nestor Carbonell. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, our, pro our, our problematic hottie. Yeah, makes him each episode of the show. Um, well, uh, you gave uh, Mia a shout out. We should do the leaderboard. Uh, are, is you giving your MVP to 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 Mia? Yeah, I gotta episode? give it to Mia. I can't give it yeah. to Stella. <laughs> Stella is like my speaking of dark. The show Stella is like. Yeah. My uh, my yeah, Marta, I, I got a Mia had a standout episode, and I'm really glad that she did. So definitely, Mia. 
Yeah. Um, I think that that makes sense. I, I, I think I'll, I'll give mine to Stella. Why not? She's great. She's the way that she was like, you know, uh, it's not great that she's like a little bit endorsing Sybil and like keeping her on, but I feel like her comeback is like, yeah, it's to basically protect from a, a man who's awful, <laughs> Paul yeah. Mark. So I'll give Stella my my point. Just I, mean, to... I don't have another point, but I'll give one to, to I, Christine as well. I I would uh yeah oh I actually I actually do want to give it to Christine because uh she's so badass when she's listening to the music uh yes, she's walking in incredible and, that was like that reminded me of like the way tennis players like listen to mm, and other athletes like listen yeah. to music as they're like coming out onto the onto the courts or whatever. And when she walks into the studio and Sybil is like awkwardly like, Hey, and Christine does not say a word to her before mm -hmm. about like the most important interview of Sybil's life. Classy. Man. The, I loved it. The I power can't... half smile. Everyone's given her props. Uh, there's like the, the person who like is controlling from the floor who often is like, okay, we're out. I think her name is Julia is the character. Mm -hmm. um, Sherry Belafonte. I love her as well. And she's like yeah. giving Christine props before her big important interview. Loved yeah. it. I'm gonna give my point to Christine. I forgot uh, about Christine. Uh, the other shout out uh, one I would give is to Leonard, who wisely is like, "Yeah, never be in charge." <laughs> it's it's smart. From New Zealand, I don't want to uh, get in the bean. The bean, yeah. Uh, um, do I you love have an LBP? I'm so, I'm so yeah. glad that we were right about Stephen Fry. Like, you he's know, sticking you around. Don't get, you don't get Stephen Fry for that one scene from like episode two or whatever. Agreed. Um, um, LVP. Yeah. I mean, it's it's gotta be Yanko. Like, <laughs> it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> he puts the problem in problematic. <laughs> I gotta get. I'll double down on the Yanko points. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. Yanko, no, he's regressing. Like, I just, I don't know, or if he just feels like now that he's an anchor, now that he's no longer doing weather, like he feels more emboldened. I don't know, but uh, he's, he's regressing. Real bad, Yanko. It's bad. How's he gotta be fired? But didn't he get fired? What happened? He got suspended. He got I don't suspended. Know. And he was like, for the record, I am not. Even back then, we should have known. I am not saying that I did anything wrong. <laughs> he sucks. All right. Well, whatever. We'll be back next week with uh, with season three, episode four. We're chugging along. Uh, this ten, uh, ten, eight episode, ten episode season. Can't remember. I think it's man. ten. I think it's ten as well. So we have one have seven left. If I'm doing the maths correctly, as the Brits would say, sure. in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ariel. In the meantime, what else you got going on, and where can people find you? Oh, yeah, I have a podcast just about Yanko. It's called, <laughs> it's called Problematic Hottie. It's called the Yank. Yeah, it's called Problematic Hottie. And each episode, I just bring him on and give him a platform to say whatever he wants. Perfect. Oh, God forbid. Uh, I am on Twitter at that other Ariel. I'm covering uh, movies with you, Grace, Bush Recaps yeah. Theater. We do it every week. That's like our morning show. Uh, mm -hmm. Covering Sex Education, which comes mm -hmm. back this week. Super excited about that. Uh, myself, Jess Sterling, and Adam H. are having fun. We did like some catch-up pods for the first three seasons, some character explorations, and... Um, what else? Oh yeah, you, me, and DM Philly. We're uh, we're traveling. We're covering tales from the loop on our mm -hmm. uh, dark extension podcast feed. So I'm really excited yeah. to check those out. Yeah, tales from the loop and Amazon Prime show that came out, I believe, two weeks after COVID lockdown started, the, the pandemic, uh, worldwide. So pandemic no one started, it, including so. me. That's right. So we're gonna watch it and recap it. Uh, two episodes for the first week, and then weekly from there. Uh, what am I? A lot of shows have wrapped up recently. Heels wrapped up, although we are going to do one episode on the Netflix docuseries Wrestlers. So that should be fun. Uh, Winning Time really wrapped up. It got canceled. So that wrapped up. Um, yeah, Foundation's wrapping up. We'll do a one episode feedback show on that. Other than that, I think everything I'm just podcasting with you, Ariel, I think at the moment. So that's very fun. We will be back. I'm, I'm on socials at Hi from Grace, right? Go for Grace. We will be back next week with our episode four coverage of the morning show. Until then, we're signing off. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.